Hey, Foreclosure Fix family, and welcome to another episode of the Foreclosure Fix podcast, where our goal is to help 1 million homeowners successfully navigate foreclosure. Now, if this mission resonates with you, please do us a favor, like, subscribe, and share the podcast, the YouTube page, our social media information with someone who you know may need the help. We are here to help those who are in need in a desperate time when they're facing foreclosure. That being said, I do apologize in advance today if my voice sounds a little bit raspy. I am overcoming a cold. I am on the tail end of it, but I still got a little bit of uh, of raspiness in my voice. So please do bear with me. I just came back from FinCon uh, last week and had a phenomenal time there meeting with other creators in the financial literacy space. And so it was just a great time. But in all that excitement, I maybe picked up a code or just lost my voice. And so I am doing the best I can. So please bear with me if I sound a little bit raspy today. That being said, today's podcast is all about understanding the value of your property. One of the things that we always talk about when we are talking about foreclosure, it's about making a decision, deciding on what you want to do. Do you want to keep your home or do you want to let it go? That decision is the cornerstone on how you move forward to overcome foreclosure. And one of the biggest things with determining the value of your home, it's how do you do it? We often get questions about, you know, how do I know what the right value is? How do I know what type of offer to accept? How do I know, you know, if I can refinance? All these tough questions that are all predicated on what the value of your home is. And so today we want to dive in to the four ways to determine the value of your property. And the four ways are very, very simple. The good thing about these four ways is that three of the four ways are free. And, you know, I always like a good deal and free is even better. And so three of the ways I'm going to share with you today are free. Only one way really costs money. That being said, depending on your situation, it may be more ideal to go with the way that costs money. And so the four ways to determine the value of your property are one, via internet research, right? Number two are real estate brokers and agents. Number three are real estate investors. And then number four is with a property appraisal. And so I want to break down each of these different ways so that way you get a better understanding of how to utilize them when you're facing foreclosure. So the first one is internet research. When you think about internet research, the internet has answers to all of our questions, right? And so when you think about the websites that you can use to get the value of your home, some that pop to mind may be Zillow, Redfin, Trulia, Realtor.com. There's a ton of them. And so there's so many different websites out there that use algorithms to provide the value of your home. One of the things about these websites is that I will say that the websites are never 100% accurate, right? And the reason I say that is because sometimes they're too high, sometimes they're too low, but they're never really just right on the mark because the value of your home is always going to be what someone is willing to pay for. And unless you take your property to the open market, you never really know what the market is willing to pay. But these websites online do provide you with a good estimate of what your home is worth. And the way they do that is that they basically have proprietary algorithms that calculate the value of your home 
based on the number of bedrooms, based on the square footage, based on the comparable properties that have sold recently in your area. And a lot of these websites will also show you those properties so you can see like, hey, my neighbor up the street who has a similar house as me sold their house for X amount of dollars. One of the problems with going about it this way, though, is that you don't know the details of the other comparable sales. And the reason I say that is that you don't know that because of the area you're in, right? You don't know if the house that sold up the street is more valuable than your house because maybe it had a finished basement or because maybe the interior finishes were better. Or maybe the person who bought the house really want to be in that neighborhood because their in-laws live there and they want to be close to their in-laws. So they were willing to overpay. You don't know the intangibles that made somebody pay more for a property. And so sometimes that can skew the valuation up. And then sometimes you don't know because Zillow may not have pictures or the other websites may not have pictures. If a property changed hands because of a family sale where Maybe a mother owned the house and they sold it to a, a, the son at a discount because they were related. And so you don't know all these different variables. And these websites don't necessarily tell you all those different details. But all those websites, Zillow, Redfin, Trulia, Realtor.com, eAppraisals, Homes.com, and so many more are really good at getting kind of a high level value of what your property may be worth. The other thing I want to point out is that if you look at your county tax assessor's website, they typically have a tax value for your property too. Again, this value may not be 100% accurate as to the true value of your property, but again, it could be a starting point for you to begin to collect data points that help you come to what the best value for your property is. The second way I always recommend homeowners in foreclosure and homeowners not in foreclosure use to get the value of their home are licensed brokers and real estate agents. I think that this is one of the best sources for accurate values of your property. Now, keep in mind that brokers and professional real estate agents are in the business to make money. So please don't waste their time if you don't have any interest in selling or just be upfront about it. You can say, hey, I'm calling because I'm thinking about selling my house. I don't know if I'm going to or not, but I do want to get a value from it. And that will let the real estate agent know if they're not busy, maybe they'll spend a lot of time with you. If they are busy, maybe they'll say, hey, look, I can give you to one of my junior colleagues who can better help you, or they can pass you along, or you know that's not the agent for you. But realize that agents and brokers are in real estate to make money. That being said, a big way in which they make money is helping people. And so they typically are very, very excited to get calls like that even if it doesn't mean that they're going to get business today. A lot of times, real estate agents are preparing for business years and years down the line. And so they are happy that you reached out to them. So don't be discouraged to contact a licensed real estate agent in your area. Um, I'm a realtor and I also like working with other realtors. And so you can definitely find a great real estate agent at www.realtor.com. And you can find agents in your area who have experience and who are uh, have that realtor designation. The other thing I'll say to you about working with realtors, the way it typically works is that a realtor will give you what they call is kind of a, a comparative market analysis, right? Or a CMA for short. And basically what they're doing is that they are also using the same type of information that Zillow and the other websites use, but they have the ability to customize that information. 
They also have the ability to see all the listing information, to see how much closing costs that the previous person, the previous seller of a, of, of a property in your neighborhood paid when they sold the property. They can see the type of loan products that the other people in your neighborhood used when they were purchasing the property, whether it was cash, conventional, VA, or another source to pay for the property. They can also contact the other agents in the MLS system to see and get more details about the property. So for example, if you had a house that sold down the street from you, that real estate agent can contact that agent and ask, what type of traffic did they have coming through the property? Was it busy? Was it slow? Did they only have one offer? Did they have multiple offers? And all this information is really, really important when you are looking at the value of a property. Because again, the value of a property is what someone is willing to pay for it. And you have to keep that in mind. And so don't let the algorithms fool you. Don't let whatever realtors tell you fool you. At the end of the day, it always comes down to what someone is willing to pay for it. But real estate agents and brokers have an upper hand in being able to get information that is not readily accessible online. And so that's one reason why using a real estate broker to get the value of your property is a really good idea. Now, again, keep in mind, if you're going to use them, please consider them for listing your property for sale if you decide to go down that road. That reciprocity is very, very important, and it goes a long way in creating a great relationship. The next way to find out is via real estate investors. And I like this way as well, because sometimes real estate investors are very, very good at giving you the value of your property for a quick, fast sale. A lot of times when real estate investors are trying to buy your property, they're willing to buy it as is, where it is, with limited or no due diligence. And so due diligence is basically that period where someone, after they're under contract on your house, will inspect your house, inspect all the different things of your house, and decide if they still want to purchase it. The reason why due diligence is good is for a buyer is because it lets them understand what they're buying. It lets them do a deep dive. The reason why it's kind of scary for a seller sometimes, especially if your house is in a dilapidated condition, is because you don't know what they're going to uncover. They may uncover repairs that cost thousands and thousands of dollars, which would then make them want to retrade or renegotiate the purchase price. And so that's always a scary position for a seller to be in once you've kind of calculated what you're going to receive from your closing proceeds. And so one of the good things about working with investors sometimes is that it allows you to get offers that have limited or no due diligence, which is really great for some sellers because you haven't lived in the house or maybe it was an investment property or maybe you have lived in a house, but you say, I don't know what may be wrong with the house. I'm living here, but I think it's in good shape. And so it's really a good way for um, homeowners to go in certain situations. The other thing about investors and the reason why they are good at providing offers is because that is their profession. Investors are looking for good deals. And so typically the offers they provide you will be lower than what you can get on the open market. And I say typically because that's not always the case. Sometimes investors provide you with higher offers than you can get on the open market. And the reason for this is because they are sometimes trying to buy a lot of properties in one area. And so if they're trying to buy a lot of properties in one area, sometimes they are increasing the value of the properties by doing things like value add renovations 
or getting so many properties in one area that then they become the ones who actually set the comparables for their future sales. The other thing, the other reason why investors are sometimes giving you offers that could be above market prices is because they have ways to increase the income that the property can produce, whether it's due to the zoning where they can upsize the zoning and maybe add additional units, whether it's due to Airbnbs or short-term rentals or ways that they can get more profit than maybe a homeowner would. Now, I will also tell you there are times when investors provide you with offers that are significantly lower than what you can get on the open market. And so I would say use investors as another gauge to help you determine what the value of your property is. Investors come in all shapes and all sizes. And so just keep that in mind. One other thing that you want to remember is that you don't have to feel bad about procuring offers from investors. This is their job. This is what they do. They're excited when you call them. And so you can have 10 investors give you offers and just see where the ranges come in. It's not a problem. Again, this is their job. This is what they do. So don't feel like you are using them or misleading them. Just be honest with them and say, hey, I have multiple people come to look at the house. If you're interested, you can definitely make me an offer. That's no problem. And so just keep that in mind if you go down that route with an investor. They're used to making multiple offers on numerous properties and not getting all of them. The last way to get the value of your property, and probably one of the best ways, is via a property appraisal. A property appraisal is conducted by a licensed real estate appraiser in your state. That means that this person is licensed and that they have a lot of experience in analyzing the value of property. And what they do, they come out to your property, similar to when you bought the property, they'll measure the floor plan. They'll look at all the details, look at the finishes, and then they'll also drive by the comparable properties, look up the data on those and provide you a value. Now, this way is great because typically an appraiser is using all the different ways to get to a value per square foot that is equivalent to yours. And so they're looking at the square footage. They're looking at if it has a finished basement, the condition, all those different variables that are super important to helping you understand why your property can sell for more or less than other properties in your neighborhood. That being said, appraisals do cost money. And typically they range from anywhere from $450 on the low end all the way up to over $1,000, depending on the size and location of your property. And so if you don't want to pay this money, then this is not a good option for you. However, if you're ever in a dispute and you are maybe getting divorced or something like that, sometimes the appraisal is the best way to ascertain the value because it's unbiased. It's a individual who doesn't have a dog in a fight, who's willing to provide you with the value and sign off on that value as somebody who's licensed and experienced. And so sometimes we have to pay for an appraisal in order to make both parties feel at ease. So again, these are the four ways to get the value of your property. One, via internet research. Two, real estate brokers or agents. Number three, real estate investors. And number four, real estate appraisers. These are the four ways. There are four great ways. Again, three of them are free, which I love. And you can definitely use those ways in order to get the value of your property um, and make the best decision as it pertains if you want to keep your house, sell your house, and decide how you move forward. 
With that, this leads me to my favorite part of the podcast, which is our bow tie round, where you, our listeners, get to tie one on with me, the host, DJ Lojo. And today, the B in bow tie round stands for the best advice I have for someone in foreclosure. The O stands for one thing I am grateful for. And the W stands for my wildest or most interesting foreclosure related story. The B is make sure you know the value of your property. Before you start negotiating with people, before you start making a decision if you're going to keep your house or sell your house, understanding the value is so, so important. And so one of the things that you should do is get the value, make sure you feel confident about the value, and use the three metrics that I mentioned that are free in order to check the value. So if you see a value on Zillow, ask the real estate agent if that makes sense to them, and then see what investors are willing to pay you for your house. And so Definitely, definitely, definitely understand the value of your property. So important. The one thing I'm grateful for, I am grateful for my health. Yes, I told you I am a little bit raspy and I've been coughing through the podcast, so I do apologize, but I am grateful because I am still whole and healthy and I am on the mend. And so I am grateful for my health. My wildest or most interesting foreclosure related story this week is about a loan modification that is going on in New York. So if you don't know a lot about foreclosure, the state of New York has a very long foreclosure timeline. It can take you, you know, multiple years to foreclose in New York. And I am working one asset in New York for a company. And in that company, the borrower has been very, very difficult to work with. The company provided the borrower with great modification options a year and a half ago. And I'm talking about modification options when rates were lower. And so the modification numbers, the interest rates were significantly lower than they are now. But the borrower never responded. They used every delay tactic. And now the lender has spent probably over $10,000 in legal costs between filing different motions, paying the attorney to write different things. And those costs are just rolling and snowballing. And so now that we are just maybe a few months away from foreclosure, the borrower is saying, hey, can you please give me a modification where they want to pay only $3,000 down and maybe $300 a month. So before they were getting modification options with maybe $6,000 down and at maybe five or $600 a month, right? And so they're asking now to pay $3,000 down and $300 a month. That was a far cry from where they were originally. But because the lender has now spent over $10,000 and it's been a year and a half, the lender is requiring a borrower to bring over $20,000 to be able to reinstate the loan. And so this just goes to show you that you need to deal and address foreclosure problems as soon as they begin. If this borrower would have figured out the best way to restructure their finances and get some money or just communicate it with the lender about a plan to maybe bring $3,000 now and maybe make extra payments, they maybe would have been able to accept their counteroffer. But now that it's been a year and a half, now that they've spent over $10,000 in legal costs, now that they have spent additional money in other costs, they're saying, hey, in order for us to move forward, 
you need to pay us back for these legal costs, plus interest and arrears and everything else. And so that story just highlights the fact that you always need to be proactive instead of reactive when it comes to foreclosure situations. The longer you wait, the more it's going to cost you. That's the simple story. Do not wait. Address them immediately because the longer you wait, the more it's going to cost you. Hey, Foreclosure Fix family, this concludes our podcast for today. And thank you so much for tuning in. If this content and our mission resonates with you, please do us a favor, like, subscribe, and share the podcast with someone who you know can benefit. Check us out at the foreclosurefix.com and leave us a review or ask us any questions you may have. We love answering your questions and we would definitely get back to you. Hey, I'm DJ Lojo. I appreciate you tuning in. Thank you so much and God bless you. I will talk to you next time. Take care. The views and opinions on this podcast are for informational purposes only and should not be construed as legal advice. If you have a specific legal question, we highly recommend you contact a qualified legal professional.